Well, tonight I want to share with you from a short passage of Scripture in the Gospel of Matthew, and we're going to look tonight at Matthew chapter 2 and verses 1 through 3. And this is what it says. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod heard it, when Herod heard the king, or excuse me, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Our first thought tonight is the great contrast. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, though just a single verse, three people are mentioned. Jesus, Herod, and the wise men. And I want us to think tonight about all three of them. First, Jesus. We know, especially on a Christmas Eve night, that Jesus was born in an unexpected way. God came into the world clothed in flesh and blood. He came into our world as a baby. He was born in an unexpected place, in the small village of Bethlehem, completely, completely out of the limelight in a humble stable. And surrounding his birth were some very unexpected people, Mary and Joseph. I've been mentioning Mary and Joseph on Sunday mornings during this Christmas season, a peasant couple poor. They brought an offering to the temple when they brought Jesus to be circumcised and dedicated. They brought the offering of the poorest of the poor, and yet they are some of the main characters in this whole story. We think of the shepherds, despised and lowly in the culture and society in which they live. We think of the wise men, traveling the great distance from the east. Jesus' birth stands forever as a testimony to God's use of the meek and the lowly and the simple to accomplish his plans and his purposes. So first we have Jesus. Second, in that very first verse, we have Herod. King Herod, also known as Herod the Great, stands in stark contrast to Jesus and his birth. Herod was a cosmopolitan man. Though he lived well before the Renaissance, he was a Renaissance man. He was intelligent, he was charismatic, and he was powerful. And according to history, Herod the Great was ruthless, absolutely ruthless in his pursuit of power and wealth and fame. In many ways, Herod 
is the symbol of everything that is envied in this world that we live in. He had wealth. He had fame. He had power. All the things we think we would love to have. But Herod is also a great symbol of man's passing glory and fading influence. You know, we wouldn't really know anything about Herod if it weren't for Jesus. We wouldn't know about Herod the Great unless you were like a graduate student in history at some university learning about him in some dry academic textbook. You wouldn't know about him. And he proves, Herod proves that men will forget you as fast as you die. We don't celebrate his birthday. We don't celebrate anything about his life. But here's what's important tonight. Here's what I really want you to think about in relation to Herod. Herod was too sophisticated to believe in the baby of Bethlehem, too arrogant to have faith in some newborn king. In Herod's own mind, he was too intelligent to believe all of this. So we have Jesus. And we have Herod. And there's this other group of characters. And that's our second thought tonight. And that is the wise men. The wise men represent all of those who are looking for the truth. Who sincerely want to know the way of salvation. I believe that every day in every era of history, more than we will ever know or understand, God is sovereignly at work in people's lives. And they are searching. They are looking for the truth more than we know they are. They are searching for salvation. And these wise men, I believe, represent all of those that God is at work in their hearts and in their minds. Think about it. They traveled a great distance at great cost to themselves. They came hundreds of miles from the area of Persia. And at that time in history, it was very difficult, very costly, and very hard to travel. But they came, and by faith, they followed a star. And they followed with the knowledge they had at the time. So they follow this star and they follow or they come with the knowledge they had at the time. Folks, they didn't know a lot about the scriptures. They didn't. They knew that they were looking for a king who was to be born. And they knew that this king was so great that he would be worthy of their worship. But they didn't know all of the law of Moses, the law of the Lord. They didn't know all of the scriptures. And I want you to know tonight, whatever you knowledge God has given you, use it to come to him. You don't need to know the whole Bible. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know that you need a savior. And that Jesus longs for you to come to him. Don't wait 
until you think you have enough knowledge, until you think you know enough, the time to come to Jesus is always right now. Always right now. And the wise men came to the great city of Jerusalem looking for a king. Hard for us to understand, but far more than it is even today. Cities weren't necessarily cosmopolitan, made up of all kinds of different peoples like they are today. They were fairly monolithic. They were fairly just the people of that region. And so you have to believe that as these wise men come into the great city of Jerusalem, the whole city was abuzz. Here are these Persian travelers not only coming into Jerusalem, but looking for a newborn king and asking, where is he? Where is he? Because we have come to worship him. I'm sure they were the talk of the town. But they come. And they come so sincerely looking for this newborn king. Listen to the difference between verses 2 and 3. In verse 2, the wise men say, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Where is he? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Where is he? Where is the newborn king? We have come a great distance through hard travel to worship him. Verse 3, what a contrast. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Herod was troubled because he saw this newborn king as only one thing, a threat to him a threat to his influence, a threat to his power. And Herod had no intention whatsoever of believing in him. He just wanted to know where he was. Our hearts were so different. So different. They couldn't have been farther apart. Tonight, when God looks at your heart this Christmas season, what does he see? Right now, whether you're sitting here in the auditorium or you're sitting in your home, when God looks into your heart, what does he see? Does he see a cynical, skeptical heart that's too proud to believe? Or does he see a childlike, innocent heart that is looking for the truth, that's looking for the way of salvation? Does he see someone who thinks, I'm just too intelligent to believe all of that? Or does he see innocence and a willingness, a humble willingness to believe? Let let me tell you tonight, God is still at work. He is at work right now. And let me tell you where he is at work. He is at work among the meek and the lowly and the humble, just like he always has been. In John chapter 7, in the Gospel of John chapter 7, Jesus cries out to a great crowd and says this, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me 
and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Let me ask you tonight, are you thirsty? Do you thirst in your soul? Are you sitting here tonight or sitting in your home thinking, there's got to be something more than what I'm living right now. There's got to be something more to life than this. And you're right. There is. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus says to you, come. Come to me and drink. What a beautiful thought. Come to me and drink. I want to say once again, really strongly encourage you to get this free copy of the book that we are passing out. And again, if you are at home tonight, and we know that all that's going on in our culture right now with COVID and various things, some people have simply chosen to stay home tonight and watch it on live stream. So we may have quite a few watching. We want you to know we'd love for you to have this book. If you contact our church office, we would be glad to send it to you. Once again, I want to say to all of you, thank you. We are honored, honored that you have joined with us tonight. May God bless you and your family this Christmas season in a wonderful and beautiful way. Let's pray together. Father, grant us, this is our prayer, grant us the innocence of a child. Help us to be meek and lowly with hearts that are open and receptive to Jesus. Lord, show us the beauty, the wonder, the majesty of the Christmas story. In Jesus' name, amen.